Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. I want to tell you a little bit about where we're going um, kind of in this next season. I like, I like to kind of give you kind of a big picture view of where we are in seasons. And so um, we did a season where I felt like we were just going to focus in on prayer, 21 days of prayer and focus in on going vertical. And then we did a long series where we talked about our relationships and it was just going horizontal and talked a lot of different messages along those ideas. And we had Pastor Les, one of our overseers last week. He did a great job and he was here last week. And yeah, in this next series, I, I, I wanna, I'm calling it In the Wild. And, uh, and, and the idea is, um, I feel like when I look at uh, this season that we're in, it's kind of new territory. And yet, when we look at the people of God, um, God always does miracles and provides and cares for and transforms when things are out of the ordinary when things are a little bit in the wild and the people of God, that God, the way that God provided and took care of them in the wilderness as they left Egypt and went into the promised land, there's incredible stories about God at work. And, and I wanna go into a season where we focus in on God with us, God at work in what seems to be kind of a wild season what seems like kind of uncharted territory for each one of us. And so I'm gonna take the next four weeks and look at four different historical big events that took place in the wilderness and talk about one dynamic that I think we can grow from in that area. And so um, today we're gonna talk about the Red Sea and uh, I wanna talk about growing in faith. Uh, so if you've got your Bibles, let's go Exodus chapter 14 today. Exodus chapter 14. And uh, you okay? Uh, here, here's what's going on right now in this, like I, I just love a little response. And so I just need you to know, like I can't really see the chats, but right here in the room, just just even even a little like, yeah, that sounds good or okay or whatever. That feels good to me right now. Just, just so you know that. I, I know we're like getting to know each other and there's a lot of new people as we've kind of moved places and come out of that quarantine season. But uh, I just wanna encourage you, church culture at Radiant Church, it's okay to talk back. Not scream and yell at me, but just a little like, that's good. That, that's good. That, I like that culture, all right? Uh, I'm a triplet, and so I'm, uh, I've never had my own birthday, so I'm extremely insecure. So all the time that you can just talk back to me, it's really great. It really helps me enjoy what I'm doing up here. So uh, Exodus chapter 14, let me give you context, and then we'll read it here, and we'll go after this. going to go after the Red Sea today, we'll talk about growing in faith. Uh, in this moment, Exodus chapter 13, you've got the story leading up into Exodus where, where God has delivered uh, miraculously his people out of Egypt. And so there's story after story, plague after plague, where God took care of them. And that's really, I want to highlight that part today, that God was already working miracles. God was already the miracle working God. God was already making a way in the wilderness when we get to the Red Sea. And there's this confrontation where suddenly the, the, the people of God, the Israelites, feel trapped because they've just got out of Egypt and then suddenly there's an obstacle in front of them, the Red Sea. And so they've got the Red Sea in front of them and they've got the Egyptians behind them. And there's 600 chariots. So for us, we think chariots and it doesn't compute, but this would have been for them, high power, high technology, all of them are on foot. 
And these are the people that for 400 years have enslaved them. And so now all of a sudden, the hope is being deflated. All of a sudden, there is fear because now you've got these Egyptians right behind him. And we thought that God was going to take care of us. And what's that? We, we can't see how this is going to work out. And I just want to give you just this little narrative. And, and I'm really going to lean in on one thing. And that is the difference between what Moses sees and what the Israelites see. So here we go. Exodus chapter 14 says this. We'll start in verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. So I'm going to focus in on that today. Eyes, what they see. And beheld. So they lift up their eyes and they see. What did they behold? What did they see? The Egyptians were marching after them. And they, here's the word, feared greatly. Or the New International Version says they were terrified. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses. So now they've cried out to God, still in fear. And now they look at Moses and they give their perspective to Moses. It's because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. And what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. And God, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us right here, right now. God, I think as we're in a time where it is so tempting to live with fear, I pray that we would look to you. In a moment where it's easy to behold the circumstance, I pray that we would behold the Lord. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help each one of us. God, we pray, Lord, as a church, Lord, that you would help us as a church to worship, help us as a church to walk by faith, help us as a church. And God, I ask, Lord Jesus, right in this season, we pray, Lord, would you be at work in our nation? God, we just ask, Lord, that you would work supernaturally. We pray, Lord God, when it's tempting for our eyes to be on each other and what we're posting and all of the different content all around us, we pray, Lord God, that here today, that we would get rooted in our hope and our trust is in God and that you're bigger, you're far greater. And as we sing these songs, may they be more than rhetoric, may they be the stories of our lives, may they be the anthems of who we are. You are our God and we trust in you. We love you and we trust you in Jesus' name, amen. I was uh, watching the news this week, as I think many of us are, and it's easy, I think, in this season to fill up on more news than normal, at least it was for me. And, uh, and I just got this conviction as I was starting to just fill my eyes with so much news, and that was to take in the data of the news, but not take in the fear in the news. And I think that it's easy for me right now if, if, I, if I allow myself to just behold so much circumstance in the same way that right here, the, the Israelites looked at the Egyptians, they looked at the chariots, 600 chariots. I mean, I don't know what the equivalency would be for us today, but that would be the scary moment. This is what enslaved me. This is what would be going back to what I used to know. I was finally set free. God supernaturally saved me. And now they're chasing me down and oh, that, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no kind of moment. And I think that it's easy for you and for me right now, right now to get our eyes on circumstance instead of our eyes on God. And so right here in this text, you've got fear filling the Israelites 
And there's a, you can juxtapose a response between what the Israelites did and what Moses did. What came out of their mouths and what came out of Moses' mouth. And the Israelites, I mean, you can imagine, you look back and you suddenly see Pharaoh. And for 430 years, you've been slaves. Multiple generations. Some scholars say that would be, uh, 40 years would be a generation. So 10 generations You've got all of a sudden the moment of, is, is, was, it, was this a farce? Was this, was this not real? And just straight up, what I can see and what I can compute in my head is my own logic causes me to believe I'm afraid. I'm stuck. I'm trapped. <laughs> the funny thing is that when you look at this story, it's actually not God trapping the Israelites. It's Pharaoh thought that, that he had the Israelites trapped, but the way that the story ends is God had Pharaoh trapped because God's bigger than Pharaoh. <laughs> Mic drop. And I, I want us today to look at our temptation right now. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's everywhere. I feel like, I, I mean, I, I, in, in my circle of friends, in my, uh, here in our church, as well as pastors, it's just, I mean, it's just contentious. And, and I think all of us are just living in this moment where I think today I've got this one moment with you, just these few minutes. And we could go through a whole lot of things, but I just want us to lift our eyes. Kind of like when we sing that song, to actually say, let those words get deep in my heart. Let that be who I really am. Because right here, you've got, you've, got, you've got Moses responding differently. Because they're saying, and I love these options because they, they look at Moses and they say, they, they just give what they can see. It says they, they beheld and they saw the Egyptians and then they verbalize what they see. They say, Moses, two options. It would have been better for us to be slaves in Egypt than to die in the wilderness. So they have two things that they see. I mean, physical eyes, all I can see right here, right now, would have been better. Moses, it would have been better. Maybe remain slaves than death. And they've got Pharaoh's coming after us. He's going to take us back. Exodus 13, actually, the way that Pharaoh says it is he says, hey, let's go and let's go get the Israelites, we want their services. So we know that the motive of Pharaoh is to go re-enslave them. Let's go get them. And so, but right there, they don't know. All they know is he's either going to kill us, he's going to enslave us. Either way, would have been better if we'd have never left. And so two options, two ideas coming out of their mouths. And yet, there's this beautiful response of Moses. And it's different. He sees a third option. I think a lot of us do this when we get afraid. I, like, I look at this and I see this anger towards Moses. And, uh, I mean, this is a leadership lesson for Moses, right? This is what, this is what all of us, I think, do. Is, is it, when you just read this, you could think, uh, why are these people so mean or so angry? But I think a lot of us do this. Whenever we're in the moment where we suddenly feel fear, it often comes out as anger. Not every time, but oftentimes when you're afraid, I know for me, driving down the car with my kids and one kid opens up the back seat and you're driving down, or the back door and you're driving down the freeway and the back door is, goes open, it doesn't come across like anything other than, ah, right? What's the root? 
It's coming across like dad is ticked, but it's fear. It's, I do not want my little four-year-old kid falling out the back, right? And think right here, when you're filled with fear, it often comes out as anger. And right here, they're looking at Moses. You, you, you did this. You, you. And what's funny is actually when you read Exodus 4, you can actually read the moment where, where Moses goes in and, and tells them, here's the plan. God wants to set you free. And it says that they believed and they worshiped God. So their little, their, their perspective of history is a little off. We certainly don't find any moment where they actually said to Moses, oh no, leave us here in Egypt. But in the moment, in fear, they're saying they've got a wrong report of, of history, <laughs> of where they've been. And so here, this moment where Moses replies differently, look at what he says. So verse 13, here's Moses' response to the same circumstance that the Israelites see. He says, and Moses said to the people, fear not. He says four things, fear not, stand firm. And here's what I want you to see, and see, he's talking about eyes, and see the salvation of the Lord. So well, do you see what I see? You see slavery or death, I see God. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. You're not excited enough. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. I just think this is one of my favorite Moses moments, because this is like ripped, strong, man of God leader right here. I don't mean ripped spiritually. I mean, I mean, look at this. Fear not, stand for, because he starts talking about God. He's got God on his lips. He starts talking about, you, let, me, let me tell you what, what God's gonna do. I, you see the Egyptians, you see death, you see slavery, I see God. And I don't know, I think you could kind of just double click that and get a whole lot more commentary. I think you could get Moses going, hey, it wasn't that long ago that we just saw God move in power. Do you think that his arm is too short to save now? Is this not the God who just moments ago turned the Nile into blood? Is this not the God who sent the frogs? Do you remember the frogs, guys? Do you remember that? I mean, suddenly all of Egypt. Surely you remember the gnats. Do you remember those gnats that came in? <laughs> I mean, to our enemies. God was on the move. Remember the flies? How about the livestock? All of a sudden, all the death. You remember that? Guys, you remember the hail? God, there's some big hail. Guys, you remember the sudden darkness? Guys, you remember the death of the first one? Guys, do you remember God at work? Can you not remember? Maybe this is like the 11th plague. Maybe this is the moment where we're gonna see God again. This is who our God is. Get your eyes on the Lord. And he says to the people who are whining, and that's kind of a fun moment right there because he gives them four things, and the fourth one is be silent. I just think he added that one in just because he was mad. Pfft, you know, like, mm. But he gives them this, and he says, you don't know who our God is. You have an exaggerated view of the enemy. You're not talking about the Lord. You're talking about the enemy because your eyes are on the enemy instead of your eyes on the Lord. And if you get your eyes on the Lord, if you get, get in remembrance of what he's done for us, it'll help your perspective. 
And if your eyes are only on man, if your eyes are only on people, then you'll probably get discouraged. You'll probably end up afraid. And I think that's how we are right now. We talk all day long, all the circumstances. And, you know, I, I felt like last week when Les talked and he's, you know, talking about how in his lifetime this is the most challenging season that he's ever experienced in our nation. And I just began to think like, okay, so no matter all the dynamics that are going on around us with a pandemic and with these elections and with really the whole kind of fighting that goes on online. And I mean, I was thinking about this. Can you imagine what happened in this moment? If you had right here, you had, you had 600,000 men plus women and children. Imagine if they had social media that day. Whew. I mean, Moses be twice as ticked. I mean, like, <laughs> sorry, that's just extra. But I was just thinking like right now, if, if it's possible for you and for me, to just focus in and get, a, just get our eyes on God. And I know you go, David, come on now. Don't, don't, just don't be so spiritual. Let's just be practical. Let's just get real. That's exactly what they were saying to Moses. Come on, Moses. Get your head out of the clouds. Here's what's really going on. There are 600 chariots chasing us down. Come on, Moses. And I just want all of us. Come on, guys. Let's just, we're, who are we going to be? Yeah, maybe this is a hard season. Who are we going to be right now? Who are we going to look to right now? And can we worship our way through anything? Can we fix our eyes on God through anything? Can we believe that maybe another miracle is around the corner? I was talking to one pastor this week that was telling me, I've got great faith for a great move of God like we haven't seen in generations. And I'm like starting to get, Ooh, I like some of that faith. I got, I got, I'm praying and I'm believing God. Not ignoring the circumstance, not ignoring the data, but big faith in a God who's done miracles in the past. And I believe, mm, do it again, right? I don't know what that is. That's like the motorcycle. Mm. I don't really ride a motorcycle, but anyway. Four things. Look at these four things, he says. He says, number one, fear not. 365 times we find in the Bible, fear not. Fear not. I mean, largest command. There we go, everybody. Hey, right now, right here, today, number one command in the scriptures. You want right now to be practical in your walk with God? Fear not. Oh, no, no, no. But if I have fear that I'm living in the reality of what's really going on, mm, actually, when you trust in God and his eternal perspective, you're living in the reality of what's really going on. Fear not. Why? God, ah. No, no, no. See, there it is. You've got that little, we've got that little bite in us that goes, my perspective, what I see, I place higher than I place Yahweh. Because I, I can Google things. I've read some articles. I've, I've got a PhD. I've made double digits on my ACT. You know, figure out how you want to justify your intelligence. <laughs> That's old youth pastor joke, sorry. 20 years. I don't even know how you do it as a grown-up. <laughs> then he says this, the second one, he goes, stand firm and see. Stand firm and see. He's talking about seeing. Be strong. Stand firm. See. See what God will do. Watch the deliverance of God. So number one, here's the words from Moses back to, hey, fear not. 
I just want to take Moses' words for us right now. Stand firm. Fear not. The Lord will fight for you. Who's you? You. People of God, the redeemed. You. The Lord will fight for you. So you mean I can make this personal? Yeah. You can say, God. I think we sing this song sometimes. Yahweh, the God who fights for me. Yeah, you'll, you'll fight for me. Actually, this is one of the greatest motifs we find in the Old Testament. God is always, always fighting for his people. I mean, whether we read about the Amalekites, Gideon, David and Goliath, it is a frequent story of Yahweh fighting for his people in the Old Testament. And I just want to tell you right now, you can say, that's my story. God will fight for me. I do not know the future. That's the fun thing about right here. Now, in the next verse, God gives Moses a plan. But right here, Moses is speaking this before there's even a plan. He doesn't even know. He just knows God. He just remembers burning bush, Nile, turning to blood. And he's just got in his memory bank. I know the character of our God. He's with us. He fights for us. I've thrown down a staff. I've seen the river turn to blood. I've seen gnats and frogs and lions and tigers and bears. It's the Kansas version. I mean, like, I've seen God work before. And I believe he'll do it again. And so he gives us these four things. Fear not. Stand firm. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to. NIV says, be still. The, the, the translation here really is be silent. Commentators debate kind of what that means. But fundamentally, it's this. Not my power, but God's power. Not my word, but God's word. Not my energy, what I can do in the moment. Moses, let's make a plan. (laughs) But no, Moses is saying, hey, don't be afraid. Hey, stand firm. Watch God. God will fight for you. Shut up. (laughs) It's saying about your strength. This isn't about what you can do. This isn't about your might physically, your words, your intellect. This is ultimately about what God can do. And I just think this is a great thing for us to heed today in what seems like a wild time, just to take that. Let's just take these words and even turn these these ideas into our prayer lives. Okay, God, help us right now to respond like this. I will not be afraid. I'll stand firm and I'll see the deliverance of God. I'll see God at work. And, and, you know, I would, I would guess that if I was an Israelite, the primary way that I want God to work would not be moments where I feel trapped between a sea and people that want to enslave me. I would guess that I want something a little less scary. And I think we're all like that. We think I deserve a life that's, that's not quite so scary. But I just find it intriguing that we read Exodus and you've got God leading the people into this situation. And God's way is not the easy way. There are moments where in the scary scenario, God says, let's see if you can look to me. Can you look to me right now? Or do you need it to always be comfortable? Do you need it to always be? I like comfortable. I do. I, I mean... Come on. I mean, I'm an American. Like, let the chair be nice. Let the, let the food be good. 
Let, 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 let the house be clean. Let the yard be mowed. I mean, I want it, I want it right. I'm not, I, I like nice. I like comfort. I like everything. I, let, I want all those things. It's not an issue of, the issue is, what do you want more? Can, can God be God? Can I look to God and say, I, I trust in you in this, in this season? He says, the Lord, the Lord will fight for you. And that's my prayer for us. My prayer for us is that we would say, okay, we're gonna respond to these four things. And then we get the leadership of God. I'm just going through the text today. We're gonna skip down verse 21 in a minute, but let's look at verse 15. It says this, verse 15, because now God, the Lord speaks to Moses. So Moses says all that. He gives all that direction to the people. And then God speaks. He says, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And, and this, is the, this is the epic moment where suddenly God does this miraculous thing. I was just thinking about what faith it would take to move forward when there's a sea in front of you and the Egyptians coming up behind you. And I just want to invite us as a church to get this move forward or go forward and have a keep on moving. Different versions say it differently, but it's this concept. It's get going. It's, it's move forward. It's go forward. And in your walk with God right now, with God, go forward right now. God, I'm going to step out in faith. So that does look like kindness to the people that I disagree with. So that does look like worship when I don't see how this all turns out. That does mean prayer. That does mean I'm going to have faith in Yahweh. I'm going to have faith in God, even when I don't understand. And I'm going to go forward. Uh, when I was a teenager, um, my dad, who's a pastor, uh, we started to go through some challenging things at the church that he pastored. And uh, I was really, really close with him, and we would spend time together every Tuesday just kind of hanging out. And I've told you stories about my dad uh, discipling me and, and, and talking with me about my challenging seasons, but he was also going through challenging seasons. And so I would listen as we sat at Brahms. You guys know Brahms? As we, okay, yeah, okay. All right, that's the first amen from the third row. Uh, I, we, we, we'd sit at Brahms, you know, and that's, that's a Shekinah glory spot. Um, just kidding. Uh, great ice cream in Oklahoma City. And, uh, but we would sit at Brahms, and that was kind of one of our favorite spots. And I'll just never forget as we would talk through circumstances. My dad had this phrase that he, that he would say over and over again. It's a phrase I just want to get into the DNA just, just us, if we get this. It's, it's the same idea as when Moses says, go forward. But my dad would always say this. He would he'd be talking about the difficult situation about the person who just wrote the letter about him. And I would be filled with fear, like, oh no, you know, like this is the end. And my dad would always just right here, lick his lip, like and he'd just say, and he'd just kind of whisper it. You know, he didn't like say it like Moses. It wasn't Charleston Heston, like it was my dad, whisper quiet. Straight ahead, Jesus is Lord. Straight ahead. And he had this, this, little, this little whisper. This little like, and he, and he said it all the time. I mean, I remember specifically going through a time where uh, there's a, a big group of people that left our church and it just, it changed everything. And sitting at Brahms and there's no, there's no like my dad saying, move forward, you know, like that. 
but it's just this whisper. It's just this, it's, it, it's, it's realigning and he's going, not gonna quit. It's not about me. It's not about circumstance. And his, his way of moving forward into the Red Sea when he couldn't see was just straight ahead, Jesus is Lord. And, and, and in that you hear, I'm moving forward. I'm going forward even though I can't see. I don't know the details. I don't know how it's all gonna work out but I'm fueled by my faith rather than fueled by my eyes in circumstance. I'm fueled by trusting God. I mean, just every time, straight ahead. Jesus, I've, got, I've got this specific memory driving through a neighborhood where my dad said it. We were, we were, we were in a relational dynamic and it was his problems. It was his issues, his issues at, at the church that he led. And he just said, broken record, straight ahead, Jesus is Lord. And I just want us to get that in us. Straight ahead. Move forward. I can't see. And if you'll get, I'm going to keep going. And apply it to your life. Okay? Here's the scenario in my job, my finance. All the reasons why I think that I should be mad and yell at somebody. You might not be yelling at Moses, but you'll yell at somebody online. Said it wrong. You know? No, no, no. No, no, no. Take every thought captive. Hold on a second. Let me take this to God. He's the one that says to cast all my cares on him. Refuel, figure out how he wants me to handle this situation. What does it look like? What is God telling me? And then get inside of you. I'm gonna go forward. I'm gonna move forward in faith. Straight ahead. All right, keep going. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night, the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. So most of the time when I study, I study Logos Bible software for messages. But this week, in light of what I was studying, I studied old movies on YouTube of this moment. (laughs) Welcome to some depth from your pastor. And so... I was like trying to just get this in me, right? And so I'm watching, and I just got to tell you, I started laughing at these moments because here you've got, you know, they're guessing well over a million people going through the night on the Red Sea, to, through the Red Sea. And, um, and, and so I was watching all these different movie clips of the Israelites going through the Red Sea, and I just started laughing because there was, they, you could see the, that different people were doing it differently, right? So like there were some people that were like scared to death and just like running. And then there's other people that were like just leaving, leaving everybody they knew and running. Other people were like moving really slow. And it was really great kind of Hollywood, just kind of showing that people are moving forward differently. And I was thinking about what would it look like if, if Radiant Church was like going through the Red Sea, you know, physically, like if we were actually there and different kind of personalities, what it would look like. I was thinking about like Renata, like Renata would be uh, compassionate. She'd be looking out for for children. She'd be making sure that everybody's okay. I was thinking about like Nathan, he'd be like measuring the width between the walls and making sure that we could get everybody through. And, and, and Rachel would be like aggressively telling her, let's go get up. And she'd be real sweet, but she'd be like, get you, come on, let's get going, you know, kind of thing. And I was thinking about Katie would probably be like, an, you know, screaming this song, miracle worker, promise keeper, you know, like at the top of her lungs. And I picture Skylar and Skylar, if you know Skylar, he's like kind of an eight on the Enneagram, kind of dominant. I pictured Skylar like turning around, not looking forward, but yelling back at Pharaoh, what's up now? You know, like, what's up? You know, kind of thing. And, but I was just thinking about all of these people moving through 
experiencing this miracle. And when I watched it on YouTube, everybody's different. And I just want us right now, just as simple as that is, to have a whole lot of grace for people walking through a pretty dark night, rough season. We need miracles of God, but I've been scared. And just have, let's be the people of God that love one another through this whole process. Let's be the people of God. We're all walking through this. We're all walking through the dark night. We're all believing God for miracles. We're all trying to worship our way through a challenging time. But there's a whole lot of grace. Because I wouldn't be, if it was me and Paul, we'd be like just dancing, just be like, what's up? You know, like we'd just be partying. That's who we are. That's kind of our, everybody's different. But I want to invite you right now to, among us as a community to just be filled with life-giving words expecting that everybody's going to be a little bit different and have grace. All right, we'll end here. Exodus 14, we'll just end this. It comes to an end here. End of the chapter. I'm going to read verse one and two, though, as well. It says this. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians. So the people, and here it is, feared the Lord. So on the other side of the sea, here's the response of the people. So that people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And I just, just think it's a great ending to say, okay, you come out of that miracle and come out of that, seeing God move, and there's great faith, belief. And I, I wanna invite us, especially those of us that are, you know, I, I think that sometimes when you've been around people that have seen God move before, I just want to honor the people that they've seen God move. And I think Moses has seen God move, and so Moses is able to have faith when other people don't. And right now, if you have the capacity in you where you could say, I've seen God move before, and instead of having your eyes on the circumstance, have your eyes on the Lord, I think one of the best things that you could do is to say that, be that, so that those people who are new in the faith or those people who are young in age are able to say, I see that kind of faith straight ahead, Jesus is Lord. I want to follow. and, And I think that if we'll get some of that in us, on the other side of seeing God move, you've got inside of you this, I believe. And right after this, you've got faith grows, belief grows. And we'll, verse 15, listen to, listen to how this ends. Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength. Three S's right here. My strength, three S words. My strength, my song, and he has become my salvation. Okay? So the Lord is my strength. We saw that early on. And my song. And he has become my salvation. This is the picture of salvation. I once was enslaved in Egypt, and now God has brought me through the sea, and I've got a whole journey in front of me. But I, I mean, the, the enemy is gone. I will see them no more. 600 chariots under the sea. And there's this great song that erupts in the people of God. Everything's different. And I, my, my hope is that we will walk with God. I don't think right now we're in a moment where we're on the other side of the sea. I think right now you're in a moment where it's pop quiz. Who are we going to be? Will we look to God in the midst of 2020? Whatever, whatever this week, whatever this year holds, this pandemic, whether, however long this thing goes on, however long the economy has challenges or all the different things, if we'll just look at God and say, I'm going to look to you. I'm going to be a worshiper. Let this song arise in me. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider fall into the sea. That's what they're singing. Okay? 
I might not feel it, but I'm going to declare it. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider fallen to this. The Lord is God, and I will praise him. He is triumphant. I'm going to sing about him. I'm going to declare it. So right here, right now, I think we've got a choice. I think just like in our circumstance, right now we can be like the Israelites and we can be filled with fear and become angry and yell. Or we can be like Moses and we can say the Lord and talk about God, have God on our tongue. You're going to see the deliverance of the Lord. It might not look like how it is in your brain, but God is at work. Even when I can see it, you're working. Even when I can feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working, right? Oh, I believe. Well, no, I'm not sure. No, no, no. God, you are at work. Even when I can't see it. Even when it doesn't look like what I want. David in Psalm 20, he says, some trust in chariots but I will trust in the Lord. You will, you will trust in the one that you look to. The one that you behold is the one that you will become like. And so I wanna invite you, behold more of the Lord so that flowing out of you like it flowed out of Moses was in the middle of the crisis. I am not talking about the circumstance. I am talking about the Lord. Will you bow your heads with me? Well, you just right now ask God for faith to increase and fear to decrease in your life. Father, we as a church, we just ask you to help us to be the people of God right now. We want to bend our lives around you. Fill us with hope us with faith I ask Lord Jesus you would be our strength you would be our song you would be our salvation God let us walk with supernatural faith right now if you're here or online and today you want to step across that line you know this story is the perfect picture of salvation. Because each one of us were enslaved to the enemy. And just like Moses came and helped the people go through the water, crushed the enemy so that they could have freedom to worship in the wilderness. So Jesus came, a greater Moses. And he went to the cross, set you free, crushed the enemy so that you could have freedom in Christ, so that you could have a new life in Christ. And today you might say, I want, I want freedom from sin. Just like the Israelites wanted freedom from Pharaoh. I don't wanna be enslaved to lust and greed fear and rage and hate. I want freedom. I want new life in Christ. And Jesus will give you new life today. This isn't all you need to say, but this is how you can start your journey. If you want to start that journey with Jesus today, just say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life.
save me. Set me free. I want to be yours. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen.